Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. We are continuing with our First Love Church. Amen. So, I want to encourage all of you to just be committed and be committed at this stage. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, Exodus chapter 1. Um, let us read from verse 1. Now, these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man and his household came with Jacob. Alright? Verse 6. And Joseph died and all his brethren and all that generation. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty. Amen. Now, what do I mean by first love? First love is the love that you have when you are young. You can't easily have that love when you are old. Do you understand? If I was to marry again, ever, I wouldn't be able to have the love that I've had for my wife. Do you see? Because the way that I loved my wife was a kind of love that is described in the Bible. And that is the kind of love with which God wants you to serve Him. Amen. Amen. It is, it is a certain kind of passionate and pure love. It is a kind of love which is innocent. And is a love which trusts and believes everything. But as you get older, you trust less. You are more suspicious. You are more suspecting of evil. And you are more cynical. Cynical. You know what it means to be cynical? It's a word, yes. Amen? Amen. Can you hear me well outside? Yeah. So, you must realize that God uh, wants you to serve him with first love. In other words, God, God does not accept other types of love in terms of him. And even, even, even you and I, if we were getting married, you would want to experience first love. Even if it's not the first, even if it's not the first love, you, you, you can experience first love with somebody who is not your first lover. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
seven signs of first love. Number one is what? Holding hands and walking in Ghana, isn't it? And number two, driving in a car and chatting, isn't it? And number three, feeding feeding the other person, isn't it? Number four, running, running, running and playing. A boy and a girl running. <laughs> then it's a film. You, see, you only sit in a film. <laughs> Have you seen your mother and father running in, in, on, on the beach? Laughing. And your mother is laughing. And your father is also laughing. And they are running on the beach. <laughs> From the time you grew up. Have you seen something like that before? Hey, <laughs> And then what else? Huh? A girl singing for the boy. Wow. What a nice thing it is. Have a song to be sung just for you. And what else? Sitting under a tree on the grass, on the grass. Uh-huh. But if during the no first love, so mosquitoes are by the ants. On the floor, this so many things. Uh-huh. Snakes are coming. All right. So these are signs of first love. So when we serve God with first love, you see certain things which you never see in people who are serving God who don't have first love. Okay. The, the readiness to obey him, to do anything. I remember one brother who was so sad because his marriage was no more working. And he said, look, when I used to go to my beloved's house, he said, I was more than God. If I say A, it happens. If I say B, it happens. But today, when I say A, it becomes A1. And it becomes a long discussion and argument. So, there's a certain kind of obedience to God. Love for God. Zeal. Happiness. Happiness. Even just happiness in serving God. It's a great thing to serve. That's why we used to sing the song. It is a great thing to serve the Lord. It is a great thing to serve the Lord. It is a great thing. To serve the Lord, walking in the light of dawn. Walk, 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 walk in. Walk, walk, walking in the light. Walk, walking in the light. Walking in the light. So that it is a great. These are our songs, first love songs. It is a great thing to serve the Lord. It is a great thing to serve the Lord. Today, most churches, we don't say it is a great thing to serve the Lord. We say, we receive it. You are going to prosper. We receive it. We don't have, it is a great thing to serve the Lord. But it's a great thing to get something from God. Yeah. There are two different things. Now, 
you may never really understand an older person till you have experienced some of the problems they have. Because I tell you, you can laugh. When I was in medical school, there was a guy who came. He said he was the top of Western Region, A-level, the top of the whole Central Region, Western Region, whatever. And that he was a very good student and all that. When he started repeating, then he saw that being the top of Western Region or A-level, you are the first in Central Region or it has no bearing here where we are suffering in the medical school. Do you understand? So you may be doing well in campus, but when you go out and you meet the trials of life, then you see how you may change. But for now that you are young and free, you have the best opportunity to catch onto the Lord in a way so beautiful that you will never have such love again. When I look back to my days of first love, when I was on this campus, you know, I tell you, if I think of love, that's what I think of. You always think of that. Because it's a very nice thing. And it's a good thing. You get it? So, those things are possible at a certain era of your life. And now you are in the era where that first love is. And that is why God calls people and lays his hand on you when you are young. Yeah. Because when he calls, when God comes to you, he comes to you with great love. Greater love has no man than this. It's very big. The God, God's love is, is the greatest love. It's greater even than first love. Because it's greater love has no man than this. That a man should lay down his life. If somebody says, I love you, I love you, I love you. I'll marry you or whatever. Then something happens to you. Become a cripple. You'll be surprised that that person will still marry you. Yeah. And so well, I, I cannot marry a cripple. I have not, I have not intended to marry a cripple. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen it in school before. It happened to somebody. person was going for fellowship, whatever. The legs were cut off. Yeah. So, but, but God said, I love you. And with greater love, it's like whatever. The Bible says, God commanded his love toward us. In that while we were sinners, Christ died. For, while we were bad, while we were lost, while we were far, Christ died for us. So in this time of your life, you can choose to give God your first love or you can choose to give your first love to something else. But this is why God calls you when you are young, like you are now. Because his call is a big thing. You know, last week I was, in, uh, I was here with you last Sunday. Between last Sunday and today, I have been on so many aeroplanes. Yeah. I've been in so many countries. I've been in Namibia. I've been in South Africa. I've been in Brazil. I've been in Sao Paulo. I've been at the border of uh, 
Uruguay and Argentina. And I'm back here this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've sat on I've sat on different types of airplanes, airbus, smaller one, bigger one, and I've sat on private jets. Yeah. Private jets for only eight people. Yeah. What a shock. But you see, when God was calling me, it was a lot of things were in the calling. But I, I didn't know what he meant. But his love for me was very big. And his love for you is very big. But one of the greatest problems is we can't receive love. We can't give love. We can't receive love. Some of us are so defective in our souls that we are incapable of being loved. If you are loved, you will react to the love so much that you will end up rejecting it. It's true. That is why many people who should be happy are not happy. Because they, 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 can't, they can't believe that it's real. They become afraid when you love them. Amen. Are you there or you are going home? So I never knew that God had in store for me such great things. But I tell you, today, I want you to realize that God has laid his hands on you as a young person. In fact, the fact that you are in this church, you see, do you know why? Because every church has a little different emphasis because of the different callings. You know, God has so many different things that he creates. He creates so many different kinds of people with different kinds of appearances, different kinds of beds, different kinds of animals. Recently, I started looking at studying animals, and I've been amazed. One of the things that amazes me is the, the variations of the types of animals. When I was in Niger two weeks ago, I was given a camel. I was, as I was looking at my camel, one of the things I, I, I noticed about the camel was the neck. The camel's body is like this, but then the neck goes like this. The neck, the neck is like a U. You, next time you see a camel, look at it. You see that the neck goes down and comes up. Round like that and comes up. I mean, normally your neck would have been like this, but this one goes up like that before the head is like this. What a shock. What a neck. <laughs> so it's like God has made every variation. Now, in Lighthouse Chapel International and in the First Love Church of this campus, we have another variation. And this variation is what you have been attracted to because you cannot come here unless God has touched your heart. It's true. Unless, unless God touches you, you cannot come. For years, I used to think I was attracted to people. But as time has gone by, I've come to respect what Jesus said. No man can come except the Father draw him. Yeah. So I've come to respect people who are drawn to me. 
when I meet somebody who is drawn to me or who is attracted to me, I always recognize the person and I always watch the person carefully because I've come to learn that people are not just attracted. You may, you may think it's even physical, but physical things play a part in God's creation and all the overall, because something that is physically nice to you, it's not nice to someone else. Somebody doesn't find it nice. You find it nice. Somebody, sometimes when somebody comes and says, this is my beloved, the thought that is the thought that is in your head the thought that is in your head is what a shock. Because you are saying to yourself, why? Couldn't you see any other person? Sometimes people feel that, oh, but there are nicer people for this brother or this sister. Why did she go for such a person? Or he go for such a person? You get it? So the point that I'm trying to share with you here is that if you have been drawn and attracted, it is because God is drawing you. God is pulling you. You see, God, that's how God calls. God calls by drawing and pulling. And there are a lot of natural things that look like they are so natural because they happen to other people. So you don't recognize them as God calling you. Do you see? So, I want you to remember this phrase. That God laid his hands on you when you were young. Just remember that. God laid, God laid his hands on me when I was young. When I say God laid his hands, it means God put his hand on you and started pulling you in a direction. Started drawing you. Started, I, I mean, drawing you, attracting you, pulling you, tugging at your heart from the time that you are young. And through so many circumstances that unless you are clever, uh, you will not realize. You say, no, this is just life. But it's not just life. It's your call. It's your destiny. It's your attraction that God has given to you. Hallelujah. Sometimes when I look at the people that God has drawn me to, sometimes they are so different from me. If I take example, let me start with Bishop Duncan Williams. When I became a Christian, I went to that church. Bishop Duncan Williams is not an educated person in the sense of formal education. He's educated, but not formally. I'm very educated because I've, I've been to university for seven years. Most of you do three years. And I didn't have a po when I was in school. And the, the university was a far, far higher, stand, uh, higher standard than it is now. And there were only, only, only 50 people. There was only one medical school in Ghana. There was only one. And it was the University of Ghana Medical School. And there were only 50 people in the class. Not 250. So every year, only 50 people became doctors. And everybody left the country when they qualified. Yeah. So, uh, I'm a very educated, but he is not educated. But I, I, was drawn, I was taken to the church, first of all. I was taken there. Yeah. Somebody took me there. 
And at that time, it was not even a church. And at that time, he, Bishop Duncan Williams, was, you know, there were like three people doing something. And they all used to wear white trousers with white shoes. They had just come from Nigeria. And every Nigerian pastor has white shoes. You know? So they all had white shoes. And he used to sing in the choir. There were, the choir was made up of three people. They used to sing this way. You see them swinging, swinging. It was a small... And the church had armchairs as the chairs. It was just armchairs. Armchair, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. I don't think there will be more than 30 people who fit in. That was where I went to action. I've never, I never stopped going there from the day that I went there. I believed somehow. I believed in him. I believed in the church. I liked him. And I've liked him ever since. Up till, up till today. It's, it's, it's divine. But he's so different from me. His way of ministry. His style of preaching. His t- things that he teaches. Everything is, is like a completely different world. But there is an attraction. And a supernatural drawing. So I'm saying you have to recognize. Kenneth Hagenham, I was attracted to him. He's somebody whose preaching style, again, is also not something that would normally attract me. Because he preaches like a Baptist. I don't know whether I'm using the right or I don't know whether it's a Baba. I know he was Southern Baptist or he was trained. What he does is that he reads the scripture. He says they have a text. Okay, so he reads the scripture at the beginning of the message. And then he reads his note. He reads the notes. He actually reads sentences. Yeah. <laughs> of preaching. Out. Yeah. And then he starts to tell stories. Which, if you don't follow the story well, you don't understand. So, I've, at times I would give the tape to some people to listen. We don't understand it. Well, what is he saying? What is he talking about? You get it? But I, I was attracted to listen for a long time. God blessed me greatly. Amen. And, and another person that attracted me, Rejoiner. Uh, most people I give his book, they can't understand what he's reading, what he's written about. You know, well, one day a senior man of God in, in this city, he said to me, you know, I don't understand anything if you can just explain the book to us. But to me, it was the best book. So, amazingly, you, get your, you find that you are being drawn. So, I'm just trying to explain to you, try to recognize the symptoms of God laying his hands on you as a little child. Now, why did I ask you to read about Moses? Because I want you to see how God laid his hands on Moses. Because I believe in my heart. This is a burning fire that God put in my heart today for you. That God has laid his hands on you and he's laid his hands on you now. Wow, it's better than any pastor laying hands on you. It's God laying his hands on you. And pulling you to himself. Hallelujah. Now notice. And Joseph died. And all his brethren. Amen. And all that generation. Exodus chapter 1 verse 6. Anytime. Anytime. A pastor. A man of God. Dies. Is the common way the person goes out of the world. Okay. But anytime leader of a generation goes out of 
circulation like we have in the school. The school ends and one generation goes out. This year, which generation are going out? Um, what, what, what are you called? Level what? Level 400. You are going to be just like Joseph died here. Uh, because to die means to be separated. So you are going to be separated from this campus. So I have died many times. I've been separated from here, separated from Kolebu, separated from Kolegono, separated all the time. You keep on coming to the end of a generation. Every time a generation ends, it's somebody else's turn. So I'm just telling, I'm just trying to help you to recognize God is laying his hands on you. Every time there is a change in the generation, you see that God laid his hands on somebody else. Yeah. I mean, if you were God, wouldn't you keep on laying hands on different people when one generation passes out? Wouldn't you lay hands on more people? Wouldn't you call more people? Wouldn't you raise up younger people? Wouldn't you call another group? Huh? My generation, we are getting to, we are getting to 50 years old. I'm not yet 50. I'm not 50 years old. But if God blesses me, one day I will be. But we are, get, we are getting there. We are getting, we are getting, to, and that is 25 years older than 25. 25 years older than the age of 25. Danny, how old are you? 22. So that's 28 years older than 22. Wow. So you see that once a generation crosses even the age of 50, huh, there is a whole new generation that is coming. So it's, it's a signal. Because you see that Moses, is, God laid his hands on Moses. The story of God laying his hands on Moses starts with the generation that is that will not allow him to operate going out of the scene. So God always lets people go out so that you can come in. Amen. So watch out. As the chief elders go out, the elders go out, the shepherds go out, a new life begins for them. But you who are here, you must realize God is also laying his hands on you. God is calling you. All those of you young ladies, you know, you, you, there, are, there have been lady pastors whom God has, God has used. There are some of them here. Lady pastor, Ida was in school. She was singing. Do you think she's the only one God is going to lay hands on to sing? No. There are, there are going to be some of you. God's going to lay his hands on you to sing. God's going to lay his hands on you to sing. Yeah, God's going to lay hands on more people on campus to preach. Bishop Saki was here. Bishop Eddie was here. My wife was here. God laid his hands on us. And, and, he, and, he, and he called us when we, had, when we had the capacity to love him without thinking. I never thought about my child's education. It never occurred to me whether my child would go to... Where my, where, the first time I heard that question, I was surprised. I never thought of my child's school. I said, I'm sure he will go to school. I'm thinking of God. When you love somebody and he says, I, I love you... 
go, go to me to where I'm going to live in the village or where I'm going to be. You don't think about your child's education. When you start thinking of your child's education, you are not operating in first love. You are thinking, you are calculating, you are, you are thinking much, you are, in a, you are a certain way. It's not first love. When you think of money, I never related with my beloved about money. Oh, no, 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 no. And I don't relate with anybody about money. I mean, I, I didn't grow up in the culture of tipping and being tipped. So when somebody comes, oh, they've tipped me or they've given you my, I, I don't know. That culture is not, it's not, it's not my family or my culture. I don't grow, I don't go by money. So when you give me money, then I like you or you like me. It's not part of, I don't have that in my life. I don't even understand it. So God laid his hands on you. God is telling you, watch the generation. That's the first sign that God is laying his hands on you. Generations growing older. Generations passing by. Amen. Number seven. The children of Israel were fruitful and increased. Look, this is all about Moses being called. But look at how it is starting. And they were abundant and multiplied. And wax exceedingly mighty. And the land was filled with them. Wow. And then there arose a new king. Over Egypt. Who knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people. You see, anytime you see new faces. Like as you see me here new. We are having my first love church. It, it should signify something to you. Spiritually. Yeah. Something is happening to you spiritually. Bible said, and there arose a new king. And new things are happening. All things. So Joseph dies. Then the people increase. Then a new king comes. It's something new is coming. But for a, only a person with discerning eyes and heart can recognize that new things are happening and something is taking place. So I want you to recognize God is laying his hands on you. Many years ago, Benny Hinn was in uh, Toronto in Canada. And there was a man who helped, who he used to help. And this man took him to Catherine Kuhlman. Many years later, Benny Hinn came back just before the man died and had a miracle service. And one of the pastors there said, he said, everybody in Toronto should stand up and thank God that God laid his hand on Benny Hinn when he was in Toronto. And I realized, look, God put his hand on you. God places his hand on you. Calls, you'll be young, you'll be small. But God places his hand at different places. He puts his hand on you and says, come, I'm calling you. Amen. Amen. And he said to his people, these people, ah, they are more mighty. Come, let us be wise. Lest they multiply. And they set over them taskmasters. Amen. All right, verse 15. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, which of the same name, Shipra. And he said, when you do the office of a midwife, uh, if it's a son, kill him. You know, verse 17. But the midwives feared God and did not ask the king. Amen. Therefore, God dealt well with the midwives. And the people multiplied. That's verse 20. And waxed very mighty. And God made them houses. Amen. How many want to serve God and be surprised by what God can do for you? Yeah. You know, 
on Thursday, this last Wednesday, I finished preaching. I was in a, I was in a city called Iguasu. It was near some waterfalls. And when I finished preaching, you know, I had to go. I wanted to leave that night, you know, to come back to Accra. And as they took me to the airport to sit on a plane, a plane that cost about $20,000 to fuel, to fill the tank, it cost about four dollars to $5,000 landing fee in Sao Paulo airport and $5,000 takeoff fee. Yeah. And $1,000 for the car that will come to take your bags. Yeah. That's what it means to have a private plane. And I was the only passenger that an aero, a whole aeroplane is just taking me so that I can catch a flight. I mean, there was one other person, but the plane was going, the guy had just added himself to, he added himself to my shadow. <laughs> I, I never knew, see, the Bible says God built houses for the midwives. They were, they are not in, they were not looking for houses. There's no connection between not killing a child and building a house. There's no connection, but God look at them and say, I'm giving you houses. So don't, don't think of houses. Don't think of money. It's an evil spirit to think of money and riches. But if you think of God and his work and doing good, what God wants you to do, these things that people are spending all their MBAs, lives, and PhDs, they will be given unto you. And you will have them. Uh, look, look, look. You, you, are, you, are, you are getting the virus of the older people. I will not even say it here. Alright. Now, Exodus chapter 2. Verse 1. I'm showing you. Everybody say, God is laying his hands on me. Say, God has laid his hands on me on this campus. Wow. How many are glad that God seemed to be laying his hands on you? Wow, I love it. Exodus chapter 2. Now look, and there went a man, one person who is being called. Look at the history and background that is being explained. There went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. Hey. He saw a daughter and he was attracted to her. And he said, I love you. All is part of the call of God. Because it was leading. Bible says, and the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw that he was a goodly child, she hid him for three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took him for an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and pitch and put the child therein and put it by the river's brink. And the sister stood far off to wait to see what would be done. And the daughter, verse 5, of Pharaoh came to wash herself at the river and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flag, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child and behold, the babe wept. He said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. 
Then said his sister, Pharaoh's daughter, shall I call a nurse? And she went and called the child's mother. Wonderful. Verse 9. And Pharaoh's daughter said, take this child and nurse it. I will give thee wages. And the child grew. And she said, I will call his name Moses. Verse 10. Because I drew him out of the water. Amen. Amen. Wow. wow. Two beloveds met. The call of God was happening. Oh. They had a baby. And the baby, the oppression in the land was part of the calling. But because of the oppression, she had to go. She couldn't bring him up as a normal child. God wanted to train the child like a king to lead his own people. If he had grown up without that trouble, he would have just grown up as a normal Hebrew child. All the problems of the Hebrew child. But now God wanted to train him like a king. Because you see, when you are a... When you don't know certain royal things, you can't operate very well. When things are being done, you reveal yourself immediately that you are not used to. One day, somebody went to a Chinese restaurant. And you know, in a Chinese restaurant, they have different sauces. And different things that they bring. But they put it in the middle. You are supposed to take some. Your plate. And then it goes round. Everybody takes some. But this brother has not been before. So when they brought it. He took the whole plate and he put it in front of him. He was coming to it. So his host said. No, 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 no. That is not it. You put it back. You see. You need to be trained in royalty. So when I sat on the private plane, I didn't tell them that this is my first time. <laughs> I pretended that I was used to uh, a private jet. Yeah, it's, it's normal. <laughs> so God wants to train you for your work. Are you listening to me? Are you understanding? Yeah, so the trouble is leading you to be trained in a certain way. And, and, and some of you, maybe you would have gone to tech, but you've come here. Yeah. Some of you would have gone somewhere, but you, can, you, you are going to go to America. You're going to England. Look at you at Legon. All this is part of God's plan for your life. And the time, the time that you came here. Some of you had to do exam again before you came. Repeating different things, but it's all to make you meet certain people and do certain things. It's all part of God laying his hands on you. So the Bible says that Moses now was trained in the house of in everything, grew up as a king. Can you imagine growing up as a king? No. I tell you. It's a different world. And so God lays his hands on you. It may look like chance. But watch it carefully. Watch carefully. You're going like this. 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 God is calling you. Then verse 11. You see the greatest sign of the call is coming. And at this time, it's a young man. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown... And he went out unto his brethren, and he looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, 
he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said unto them that did wrong, Why smitest thou thy fellow? And then he said, Who made thee a prince and judge over us? Intendest thou to kill us, as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. And when Pharaoh heard this, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Amen. Are you listening? Are you there? All right. Now, this is the greatest sign of your call. Your concern about something. Most people are not, don't care about God. And most people don't care about God's work. But Moses immediately con- was concerned about God's people. He was concerned. Why do you kill my... Why, why, why are they perishing at the, at the hands of the Egyptians? I don't want you to kill my fellow Egyptian, uh, fellow Israeli brother. Amen. Those of you outside, are you with us? Wow. It's powerful. You are enjoying the coolness of the morning. God's word, notice what you are concerned about. Mike Meadows says you are, you are born to come and solve a problem. The problem you solve is what's going to make you rich. Coca-Cola have solved the problem of giving us something sweet, something addictive, and something cool. Because there's some small cocaine in every Coca-Cola. You know that, eh? You know that there's coca in, in Coca-Cola? Yeah, that, that's why those who drink Coke always want Coke. So give me one Coke, one Coke, one Coke. <laughs> At least that's what I've heard. You can check on the internet. What, what are you concerned about? How many of you are interested in God and interested in God's work? Raise your hand. Does it, does it, does it, does it, does it occur to you? God's work, souls, to do his will, to serve him. Some of you young girls, you, you really love God. Girls like God more than boys like God earlier. That's <laughs> true. Girls like God more than boys like God. Yeah. That's, 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 what, that's what I sort of feel. But when I come to church, I mean, look at the choir. Why is the choir? Stand up again, choir. Sing, sing that song again. Sing that song again. You see, I mean, look at them. Those who like, those who like God. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is, Jesus is the answer. For the world today, above him there's no other. Jesus is the way, Jesus is the answer. For the world today, above him there's no other. Jesus is the way, so if you have some questions, 
in the corners of your mind and traces of discouragement, peace you cannot find. Reflections of your past, they seem to face you every day. But this one thing I know for sure, Jesus is the now, how many, how many boys? How many boys? How many boys? Four boys. And how many girls? It's plenty girls. So when I say girls like God, more than boys like God. Wow, what a shock. But you can see it in church all the time. Even when they are praising God, if I was God, I would prefer the girls to the boys. If I, if, I, if I was God and I was looking at the people as they were praising, I would say, oh, the girls are nicer than the boys. The girls are more flowing. The girls seem to like me more. It's true. But with time, certain problems. <laughs> affect their first love. Huh? That's why God calls you early. And he lays his hands on you. Come and serve me with that feeling. That feel, that love, the way you, when, when they sing in the choir. Well, I have never been in a choir before. So, so that when I see them sing, I say, wow, they, they really like what they are doing. They are singing. It's so wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's God's call on your life. And you see it at the beginning. Moses was just getting into the world. And then he started to be concerned. Why are you killing? Uh, don't kill him. And then he killed them. Then he saw two brothers. And said, don't fight each other. Straight away you see his calling. You see at a young age what the person is interested in. And what the person likes. And what the person is concerned about. What the person wants to do. You see it there. Many, of, many people are called by You see the young the person is called. Then other things come in. Then the Bible says, the cares of the world, this and that, deceitfulness of America, they win lottery, they, they whatever card, pay, finish, bye-bye. But when you meet them in university, I'm telling you, you will see in heaven, eh, many people who were called in the university, God will show them. Do you remember this? You remember this? You remember this in the school? That's when I called you. You didn't, your whole life, you never obeyed even one minute of the calling. Do you remember he will show you? Remember secondary school? Which school did you go to? Presec. He said, you remember Presec? In the assembly hall? In the dining hall? Do you remember? He will say, you remember come, which hall are you in? Which hall? Which hall? Volta Hall? You remember? Huh. You see it. You see that God... This Moses, God has not appeared to him yet. There's no burning bush, nothing. No. But you can see. Generations have changed. Kings have changed. Things have changed. And then you see that there is some interest in the guy for his people. It's, these are the symptoms. It, it's not natural. You see, all those things you attribute them to being natural. Like these girls singing. Singing again. When you see them singing. You get the feeling. You get the feeling. Look at their smiling face. Everybody, I want you to just, just look at them. Just look at their beautiful smiling If you were God. If you were God, would you not like them? Wow. 
Jesus is the way. I mean, if I was Jesus, if I was Jesus, and people are saying Jesus is the way, and the way they close their eyes is the way, is the way. Ah, me cry. If I was Jesus, I would, I would like you. Is it not powerful? Yeah. So you can see they are, they love God. Join the choir. Some of you girls are not singing in the choir. Look at them singing. You can see. When I was here, I was doing dumb broadcasts. Yeah. Sit down, sit down. When I was in this school, you see this, this place here. Anytime I, I remember, this is S and P, eh? P block and S block, isn't it? Yeah. Anytime I see this place, I remember one night there was a light off in the campus. Sudden light off. At about 8 o'clock in the evening. And I was with Bishop Saki. And I said, light off. The whole place was dark suddenly. I said, it's a good time to make an announcement. I came to stand here with the middle. I clapped. The whole place became silent. Come very urgent. Something urgent is happening. Everybody was quiet. I said, Jesus is coming now. You have to be careful. Give your life to Christ. Eh! There was panic in the school. But I was not the only person who used to do such things. A lot of people used to do dumb broadcasts. Today you find them in the bank. When you ask them, do you go to church? They say, hmm. <laughs> look, we are very busy, you know. <laughs> I have reports to make end of year accounts. And that's an accountant and this and this is happening. And they speak in a way. And they'll take it as if you are a child. So you are a child. You are a child. You are, you are a little boy. You are a little girl. That is why. <laughs> We've done all these things. <laughs> I used to go to Amasama for outreach from campus. Yes, we used to go in a bus to Amasama outreach. But you can see a person from his youth. You see, this person is, belongs to God. Recently, I told a certain sister, I said, tell your husband, I said that he is a priest. There is no other work for him in this world apart from the work of a priest. Yeah, he's a priest. He's a pastor. And he's doing other things. <laughs> But I pray we will not get to heaven and be told all kinds of things. Amen. Amen. And then finally, into Exodus chapter 3, you see the real call, which we all call the calling. Huh? He ran away to the wilderness. Running away is also part of
Sometimes we need wilderness before. And some of us, we are going to have some pain before we obey God. Yes. Satan's nature is in us. The nature of pride. So some of us, only painfulness can humble us. But at the end, Exodus chapter 3, because of time, we have to close. Wow. Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and he led them. Verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he, and he looked. And behold, the bush burned with fire. And the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, wow! What a shock! A, a fire that the, the bush is not burning. I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. This is how we got that song. This is holy ground. We're standing on holy ground. Amen. Moreover, he said, I am the God of my father. And God started to speak to him. And this was the final definitive calling. Many people don't have this dramatic, but many people are drawn. Pay attention. A bush. A bush that is burning, but it's not getting burnt. Something unusual happens in your life. And God says, I'm laying my hands on you. Something unusual. As I'm standing here, it's something unusual. How many churches have the bishop of the church or the general overseer has now, has now adopted the campus as his personal church? Well, I have a Kodesh somewhere. Yeah. Eh? I'm coming with canopies outside and all kinds of things. When I have a Kodesh full of people, I've adopted you. It's a bush that is burning that should say, hey, what is this? Unusual sight. It should make me think that maybe it's because of me. It's because of me. Because of something that God wants to do in my life. Yes. I didn't come here to tell you about getting good degrees or money. No. Me, I was top, top in school. But it was never my aim. My aim has always been God, God, top, top in God. It's true. I've never had, I've never had the aim to first to get this. No, 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 no. At all. So I want to encourage you today. God has laid his hands on you. Yield yourself. Did you hear me? I said yield yourself. Yield yourself. Flow with God. And say Lord yes. Here I'm. Turn aside. Turn aside to the burning bush. Look at what is happening. See that God is calling you. God likes you. God wants you. Oh, girls who sing, how I pray for you that all your life you'll be smiling like this. And, and you'll be waving your hand like this and say, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. There's no other answer. Uh, <laughs> you'll be singing all your life. You'll be saying, Jesus is the answer. The answer. I don't know how you do it. You have a way of closing your eyes. You close your eyes and... <laughs> It's like you don't know. Jesus, Jesus. I pray that when you are 52, you'll be saying, Jesus is the answer. I pray that when you are 62, you'll be saying, Jesus is the answer. 
I pray that when you are 31, you'll be saying, Jesus is the answer. It's the only answer. I know that is the answer. What a shock. I see you smiling for Jesus. And this first love is going to continue. It's going to continue as you give yourself to him. I'm going to give you some homework. Do you want this homework? Huh? Do you want this homework? I'm going to give you the life of Moses. Everybody, I'm giving you homework. Your quiet time, read Moses. Because God has put it on my heart for you, Moses. There is a Moses here. There are Moses, there are sister Moses is here. What is a lady Moses called? Mosiah? Mozina. Mozina. There are Moses and Mozinas here. Yeah. God is placing his hand on you through a series of strange circumstances. God is finally saying, I need you. I, I like you. I like you. You know, one day a brother finished this school and he came. Very nice guy. Like this guy. Stand. Yeah. A nice guy like this guy. And I told him, God, I want you to, he's a very nice guy. He's one of my good friends. I always, sometimes I travel with him. A very nice guy. And God wants to use him. Because he's intelligent, talks nicely, does everything beautifully. Very clever. But then the bank wanted him. So one day he came to me with the papers from the bank that they have offered him a job. So as he sat there showing me, this is the job. And I thought of myself as a priest offering him the church. And I thought, wow, which one would he take? And the bank got him. Yeah. But I want you to know, God wants you. The bank also wants you. MTN wants you. Tigo. Vodafone. They want you. They are waiting for you. But God is also saying, I want you. I like you. You are nice. It's not only stupid people who should go and work for God. In fact, not only stupid. No stupid person should work for God. Intelligent people and nice people. Beautiful girls should be in the house of the Lord. Yes. It's not only girls who are questionably beautiful. But genuinely beautiful girls must work for the Lord. Can I have a shock for the Lord? Genuinely nice. Genuinely flowing. And I see the Lord blessing you. Stand to your feet, everybody. How many are going to do the homework? Moses, I'm giving you homework. Church with homework. Church homework. First love homework. First love church. We have homework in this church. Every week, remind me to give you homework. All right. Lift your hands and let's pray. Lord, what are you drawing me for? What are you drawing me to? What do you want from me? Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Use me. Here I am. I'm too young to think things out myself. I want God to choose me. I want God to choose for me what I want to do. Father, thank you for this great privilege and blessing we have in the first church. We give ourselves to you. Lord, we, we acknowledge that your hand is on our heart. You are calling us. 
you are drawing us. You are pulling us. We can feel the pull. Pulling us to you. Pulling us to you. We love you. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Bless every heart. Heal us, O God, of disobedience. May we serve you. May we follow you. May we give ourselves to your call and to your will. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Every head bowed, please. Everybody close your eyes for a minute. As every head is bowed, every eye closed. Maybe somebody invited you to church this morning, but you don't know in your heart, you, you, you don't know Jesus as your Savior. What do I mean by that? I mean that if you were to die today or tomorrow, you don't know whether you'll go to heaven or to hell. And you want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. Pray with me. I want to give my heart to Jesus Christ today. I want to change. I don't want to go to hell. I want God. Help me. If you are here like that today, I'm going to give you an opportunity this right now to make things right with God right now. If you are here, I want to say, Pastor, help me to know God. I want Jesus. I want to change completely. I want to be born again today. If you are here like that, lift up your right hand. Just your right hand above your head. Just your right hand. And I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hands. Don't think about anybody. We are in the first love church and you are young enough to bend. You are young enough to be reasonable. You are young enough to listen and you are young enough to change. Lift that hand quickly outside, wherever. Don't think of anybody. This is not a place or time to be shy. You are, I'm talking about your soul and your life. God bless you. I see all your hands. If you've lifted your hand, I want you to do one more thing. Come to me. Come from where you are standing. Just come to me. I'm coming to meet you here. Come, 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 come from outside, come from outside, come from inside, come here, come all the way here, stand here, stand here, from outside, you, you lifted your hand from inside, wherever you are, just stand right here, wherever you are, you lifted your hand, pastor, pray with me, I want to give my life to Jesus, come quickly, I want to pray with you. Say this prayer with me. Everybody join and say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, if you are coming, I'm waiting quickly. Yeah, some more people are coming. Clap for them as they come. Clap for them. All right. God bless you. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Everybody say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for today. Please forgive me for my sins. Today, I have myself. I come to you just as I am. Say, Jesus, please have mercy on me. Please wash away my sins with your blood. From today, I give my heart. I give my life. I give my everything to Jesus Christ. Please write my name. In the book of life. From today, I belong to God. I belong to Jesus. And I will serve Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. I love you, Jesus. Now say, Satan, listen carefully. From today, I will not follow you again. I belong to Jesus 
and I will serve Jesus Christ. Everybody lift your hands. Say, I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for laying your hands on me. I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Now listen, all of you here, as soon as we close, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of you. You see this space here? I'm going to stand there. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to wait for you. So you come there. I want to talk with you and give you something. Okay. God bless you. So as soon as we close, go back. God bless you. Give them a clap offering. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.